Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. And that lovely voice you just heard was Mr. John Luke Shapiro, who unfortunately will not be joining this week, but we send our well wishes to jail. He wasn't feeling that good this week, so everyone tweet him out something nice. Let's hope well, he's you know that's what asthma attacks do because. Weak lungs and all. The pollen count's crazy. I got attacked too. It's insane. In all seriousness, with although Kevin likes to joke about the situation, <laughs> JL, we do hope you're feeling better and that you'll be back on the show soon, buddy. So, Kevin. Russell. It's us. We're it's here. here. We're back. If you haven't guessed, it's me, Russell Hartman, your host, and Mr. Kevin Krupe, your other host. And last night, Kevin, we were at the Garden. Well, I guess two nights ago when you guys are hearing this. We got to see... Uh, Panarin, Butchnevich, Zabanajad together in a game game action. We got to see uh, almost the entire projected defense core. We got to see Vitaly Kravtsov. We got to see Kapokako. Excuse me. It was a great night, especially because we won against the Islanders. So there's a lot of things to we're going to dissect, and then we're going to move on to our season preview after, where we tell you guys what our projected lineup is going to be, if where we think the Rangers will finish within the division and ultimately what the best thing for them to get out of this year will be. So, Kevin, there I know you know, you're chomping at the bit to talk about this one player, but let's go over how they played overall, overall yeah. first. So, well, go ahead. The, the Rangers finally won a preseason game like that matters at all. But, you know, this is the first lineup where we really had most of the starting players. Uh, no, no Vlad Domestikov, no Chris Kreider. Uh, I believe um, no Filipino. No Filipino. Uh, and I think uh, there was one other. I can't remember. But uh, no Booney Evans. Boo, no, yeah, no Boo. But you know, the main the main squad was really there: Panarin, Zibanejad, Kako, Bushnevich, Howden, uh, Leah Sanderson was there. They, you know, Brendan Lemieux playing his first NHL in a NHL preseason game this year after signing his deal, and we'll see Tony D'Angelo on the next game, which will be uh, tonight. Tonight, yeah. If if you guys are gonna watch, stay tuned. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, but the play was so much better. The play seemed a lot more fluid. They were, they seemed like they were meshing a lot. A lot new, a lot more players, a lot more new players. It's hard to really mesh right away. That's why they had the preseason to see what works, what doesn't work. And that first line's looking dangerous. That first line looks fantastic. Uh, Panarin and uh, Bushnevich look just like they've been playing for years together. And you know, I know you. The overall game has been great because the PK was on fire. The power play, even though they didn't score on the power play, was dynamite. I mean, uh, a couple shots don't go their way, and they kind of get they, you know, cleared their own zone. But hey, it's firing on all cylinders. That first power play unit's fantastic, and the second power play unit is kind of getting overshadowed by that. Like they didn't even have Chris Kreider for the power play unit, and it looked great. But uh, you know, Kratzov scored his first goal. Panarin has two an empty netter and a a fantastic feed from Buchnevich. It's just I don't know. This team looks like it can go somewhere. It's going to take a big year out of all the rookies if this team hopes to really reach the heights that they want to reach this year, and that's just making the playoffs. But the signs from last night's preseason game against the Islanders were very encouraging for a lot of reasons. Um, For as long as I've been watching, I don't know if I've ever seen the Rangers that tenacious on the puck, Um, always going after guys, playing some great man coverage, giving the Islanders little to no space in the offensive zone, um, on them on the penalty kill, which was some of the best penalty killing I've seen the Rangers do in a long time, um, stopping guys like Barzell, Lee, uh, Nelson from getting any kind of space during the entire mm-hmm. game, just the whole team working together and seemingly starting to really buy in to what David Quinn has been preaching to them, this fast, physical, and relentless style 
because they certainly were relentless. I apologize for my voice as well. We were yelling a lot. There were a bunch of Islanders fans behind us, and you already know we had to mess with them during oh, the game. Oh, it was great. At least we had two Rangers fans on the sides of us, so, Absolutely. you know, that wasn't that bad. But, you know, a, a few guys that stood out, and I'll, I'll, I'll say a couple guys, and then you can obviously follow up. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist looked fantastic. The, the, 10, the 10 minutes, the 30 minutes he played, uh, you know, stopping Broussard three times at the door. He's looking like vintage Hank. I know it's preseason. Everybody say, hey, calm down, Kevin. They've only played three teams. Uh, but, hey, it, it, goaltending is goaltending. You know, he's going to stop shots. He's going to see stop shots from all angles. Hopefully we get to see Sejuris can play another game before he sent down to Hartford. But Lundqvist looked like a true Lundqvist. But I think managing his time is going to be the biggest thing. And then the other player, Brady Shea. Best game of the preseason. Best game we've really seen in a while. 100%. And he's looking 100%. like the best form of himself. You know, now he has Jacob Truba to kind of relieve some of that defensive pressure that's on top of him. And he's able to make plays. He's able to join the rush. Uh, I think he had two assists last night, which is fantastic. And another thing, this is the year where he's really going to come back because he has... Adam Fox, because he has Jacob Trouba, because Mark Stahl didn't look bad last night. The only bad player on the ice. Wait, was... wait, wait. Let's <laughs> let's take a guess here. Uh, you know, every Ranger played pretty well last night. Danny I mean, O'Reilly, I really Danny did... Reagan had his oh, moments. Michael Haley played Michael pretty Michael well. Michael Haley played well. Uh, you know, Leah Sanderson played well. Brandon Lemieux played well. Vitaly Kravtsov, Kako. We're sensing a theme here. Everyone played well except for one player. Who do you guys think that is? We wait for me to I say wonder, it. <laughs> I wonder who didn't play well again. It's a four million dollar player named Brendan Smith. God. So <sighs> you know, it's all... like you you want these players to be good. I don't want him to be bad. That's the thing. I don't want him to be bad because you don't want anybody making four million dollars to be bad. But he hasn't shown anything. Impressive. He hasn't. He's been a standout for all the wrong reasons. So Brendan Smith looks like he's lost. He's making bad passes. His awareness is just in all the crapper. It's just he's looking like he wants to be sent down to the AHL, and he's making a case to basically start there. Look, it sucks that some of these guys. He should never be more than a yeah. seventh defenseman on this team. I'd prefer if he was buried in the AHL for the remainder of this deal. No one is going to want to trade for that contract. Uh, the experiment is over. Brendan Smith played about four good months for the Rangers back when they acquired him at the deadline. Uh, if that, uh, got signed a fat new deal and immediately tanked. Yeah. Uh, it's time to... And it's unfortunate. It's yeah. not like something that's like, oh, we knew it was going to happen. No one knew this was going to happen. No. He played great during that, the, the, after the after trade, the trade deadline. deadline. He, he played great in the playoffs. It's like, why not give him a good deal? And, you, and this it, is the thing. The, the Rangers are in a position... Broke to keep going the way they were going before the rebuild. And he really, he's one of the players that really screwed them over. Yeah. And nothing against Kevin Shattenkirk, but, you know, if Brendan Smith isn't on the team, do you still see Shattenkirk in Rangers blue this Probably, year? Probably, yeah. It's just, Probably. it's so unfortunate that yeah. a guy that really wanted to play for his hometown team got bought out because another player really Has an immovable stumped. contract. An immovable okay. contract. And I, I just, I mean, Kevin Shattenkirk had... A hurt, injured season, and then he had a bad second season where they were rebuilding. Yeah. And it's just you, sucks you feel, that those two you years really you feel for him. exactly. And I mean, I I don't. It's different now, but I wish he could still be on the team at the level that we you know paid him for. Yeah. Well, away from the negative, 
two more players, two kind of obvious players, but they really need to be highlighted here. Adam Fox was probably the best defenseman on the ice last night. He just, the way he moves the puck, the way he uh, moves across the blue line, his vision of the ice, the passes he was making, he is a special NHL defenseman in the making. So big ups to Adam Fox because I was noticing him all night long. And he's all he's always been noticeable. The whole preseason, he's just been he's just that been guy. It's like, oh, wow, who is that? Good. Oh, that's Adam Fox. Sorry, I cut you off. It's just no, I'm it's very okay. excited about Adam Fox. I know, Fox. me too. Adam Fox is primed for a top four role this year. He's gonna be very good, and I can't wow. wait to see him run the power play in the future. Second player, total obvious one here, but just look at what Artemi Panarin really brings to this lineup. He is worth every penny they paid for him. Second preseason game, three goals. Three goals in two games so far. And yes, it's just preseason, but man, the chemistry he's developing with Puchnevich and how he looks with Kako and Truba on the power play yeah. and him and Zibanejad constantly communicating. You can tell that this kid is a game breaker and he's going to be that game breaker that the Rangers have been looking for. And remember, once Kako and Kravso develop, the Rangers could have three game breakers on their roster. He could, like, the, the, just to go away from just the hockey aspect, he just looks happy here. And that makes me happy. I he love looks thrilled. Every, his first goal, when we first saw him, he like they showed him, and then everybody started to cheer for him. He couldn't help but like make that like that embarrassing smile. He's like, "Oh, geez, it's me." And I, I just that just like makes me happy seeing the players being happy, seeing the guys just like this is where I want to be, and this is where I am. And look, I know Islanders fans are mad, but he didn't want to go there. You guys were uh, basically. Uh, make them pay up more. I can't think of the word right now because I'm an idiot, but... Oh, they were leverage. Yeah, leverage. Thank you. God. They were leverage. There you go. Damn sinuses. It's okay. <laughs> so, point being, Rangers went 3-1 in the Garden on a great night showcasing the new talent and starting to bring the new era into MSG. So, Kevin. Russell. In a week. One week. Ru- hockey will be back. Officially. Yes. The Rangers play their season opener on October 3rd. It is the home opener against the Winnipeg Jets. Jacob Truba's former team. Brennan Smith's former team. So we're going to go line by line here, D pair by D pair, and we're going to tell you exactly what the opening night lineup is going to be. So, Kevin. Russell. I, this seems a little premature, but, I mean, we can always have speculation. We can always revise it next week. But uh, Remember, this is our projection. This is our preview, and we are going to tell you what you guys, what we think is going to happen this season. So, top line. Easiest thing possible. Easiest, easiest. Panarin, Zibanejad, Butchnevich will be line one. That line, although Butchnevich's spot, if Kako really starts playing well, Butchnevich is going to have to look behind his back. Well, you know, David Quinn really said, hey, look, the way Butchnevich played in the second half last year, he really earned it. And look, Kako's got to earn it too. He's you got to remember, as good as he is, as high of a ceiling he has, he's still a rookie. And if he starts with a second line, that's fantastic. Second line, Kevin what Russell. Is, what is the second line? Uh, you know, as much as I hate to say this, I don't think Vitaly Kratsov is going to be starting on the second no, line. No, it's start. It's it starting might look, look like right. it, I, as as I, everybody wants to look into the practice lines as much as they want, the preseason games as much as they want. But you know, we we don't know what's going to happen until those final cuts. And Vitaly Kratsov might start in the AHL. Might not be permanent, but that's where he might start. But second line, Chris Kreider. Uh, Philip Hedl and Capo Caco. Absolutely. I think Hedl is going to be given the chance. Although I will say last night Ryan Strom was being used in between Caco and Kravtsov. And he's got to get looks there. I mean, he still play the center position. I think that just... if Hedl struggles early, um, I don't know if Anderson is immediately going to get put there. I don't know if Howden will get immediately put there. But Ryan Strom deserves every look there. And I know some people are saying it doesn't really help us. No one's getting the development. 
But at the same time, if you give Heedle and Anderson a little easier assignments, maybe put them on the third line, let them play you know, against a little weaker competition, that can help their confidence grow in the well, beginning of the season. Just, just having Panarin and Kako and Zibanejad, Kuchnevich and Kreider ahead of you really will ease the like the workload. You're getting exactly. some pair Ds. You might get some uh, you know, offensive zone looks here and there depending on who's, you know, maybe they ice the puck and they have a weaker D out. You really don't know. And, uh, you know, with this third line, though, it's it really it's a toss-up. It's a very interesting... This is the line I'm, I'm actually very excited for because if Vitaly Kravtsov does not make the NHL and he does start in Hartford, I want to see Lemieux, Anderson, Strom, boom, boom, boom on that third line. I think that line sounds like a great, because great line. You got guys that are just super on the puck. Leas is tenacious as they come on that puck. Um, Brendan Lemieux is the Gordie Howe hat trick guy on that line. Oh, yeah, he's great. But the best part about it is he's also very defensively sound. You know, you're going to see him on the PK. You're going to see him. You know, we saw him on the power play a couple times last night, And he, too. he looked great. He looked great night. in his first game because he's know, raring man. to play. You know, he's a guy who wanted the deal done. Unfortunately, he didn't get enough, a lot of money that, you know, he wanted. But, you know, he's going to prove himself this year. I, I fully think he's going to get paid at least a two- to three-year deal next year so he can protect himself for the expansion. But, you know, we're, we're going to see a lot of movement. This isn't going to be set in stone lineups, you know, maybe besides the first line and the first defensive pairing. It's not going to be set in stone. It's going to be fluid. And this last line, as you know, it, it's going to change. It's going to, you know, Vlad Nemestikov, Brett Howden, and Boo Nieves is probably my fourth line. But Nemestikov really didn't show us who he was. You know, he's really looking like he was a product of uh, Steven Stamkos back in, uh, back in uh, Tampa Bay. So he's got to prove himself. He's on his last year of his deal also, and it's just I don't see him staying here. Like, you know, he was a trade chip. He might still be a trade chip if the Rangers aren't in it. He's not coming back next year. There's a lot more contracts that you need to fulfill. And, you know, we might see him being the the, the 13th forward. Absolutely. And I want to stress this to all our listeners. Um, I hope, and with every bone in my body, that Vitaly Kravtsov is on the opening night roster. And he's proving it, too. And, yeah, he had a wonderful goal in the game last uh, two nights ago now. Um, he looked really good. He's been getting better and better as the preseason has been going on. And I get the rationale that some people are saying that you want him to play top line, top power play, top everything in the NHL to get playing time. But Vitaly Kravtsov has proved he could play really well in the second best league in the world. I think he deserves every opportunity to make the NHL roster. And if it was up to me, he would be on that third line with Lemieux and uh, Anderson. I think that's – yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, nothing against Ryan Strom. It's just he's also in a proving year too. He had – you know, his shooting percentage was very skewed based off of the goals he got. and whether they're dirty goals or lucky goals and bounces, anything like that, he still really didn't show that he deserves to be on this team. It's just, again, next year you might see a completely different Rangers team if you're going to get rid of all these guys. And it's just, that's why they're building up their depth now, keeping guys in the AHL. You never know what might happen. You might you, you might see a trade goals, in yeah. December again. It's just, you know, that Ryan Strom for Ryan Spooner trade is still a great trade that... I would do it 20 would, times over. Of course, and Ryan Strom didn't... He scored more. He, you know, he lit it up for the Rangers. It's just high shooting percentage. Can he, but yes, can he keep it up? That's, That's the biggest the whole thing. thing. That's the whole thing. Let's move on to defense. Obviously, you take the first defense. Obviously, player. are you giving me like a bringing home run right here, teeing yeah. it up for me? Jacob Truba and Brady Shea, God, best friends. They know what each can other you forever. ask? They know each other for so long. It's just what can you? Ask? I mean, there's really no unless Adam Fox really shows that he's the better defenseman. You're gonna see this pairing the whole year. 
And that's not a bad thing at all. No, I mean, I mean has looked amazing on the first power play unit with the big guns. Yeah. Um, he's you know, played, he, he seems, last night was his best game yeah. I've seen him play. I mean, play I was so gonna far. say like the the few games that he has played, it's just he doesn't seem like he's adapted yet. It's obviously a new team. But, but you can see you it can from see the game against the Islanders, him and Shea were locked. Yeah. yeah, him and Shea were locking them down. It was really cool to see. Uh, second D pair. Uh, this is gonna be my most fun defense pair to watch all year. Libor Hayek on the left and Adam Fox on the right. I really think that this is going to be a pair going into the season. We've seen them together in the preseason a lot. Libor Hayek has looked really good, although, oh, my God, some bloggers really don't think he was anything uh, of note. But you know you what? You know, he's a defenseman I'd call up from the AHL. But, but you know yeah. what? People are wrong. Libor Hayek is going to Look, be you're a allowed. You're entitled to being – you're entitled to your opinions, but when you want to stick to it and then reverse it and not admit that you were wrong, it's yeah. nothing. So, but that's not here nor there. Yeah, exactly. Pointing the point being, Lubo Hayek was the crown jewel of the Ryan McDonough trade from the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's been heavily, heavily rumored that Jeff Gordon was not going to do that trade without Lubo Hayek being included, and now we're seeing why. He's showing the potential to be a nice shutdown guy with good defensive instincts. Any offense comes from him, great. But that's what Adam Fox is. He's still got a great yet. shot. I think he's had, he has Fox's one goal in, in that one game he played. But I think he play, yeah, he played five games. I believe, five games. Up, but yeah. Point being, that is going to be a really exciting second D pair, and to watch them grow together will be something special. And Kevin, the third defensive pair, who is it going to be to start the year? Tony D and Mark Stahl. And, you know, I, I don't want to disagree with you, Russell. I think that's going to be the second pairing going forward, but it's not going to start out that way. I think it's going to be a little reverse just at the beginning with Tony D and Mark Stahl really having more play, more NHL experience. You know, Tony D'Angelo was the best defenseman on the Rangers last year statistics-wise. He played a lot of minutes. He played he was the only defenseman with a plus. I think he had a plus five or plus seven, but he really was the best defenseman for them. He showed that, you know, I want the money. He didn't get what he wanted, but it's not a prove it year. I mean, there's a lot of guys. I'll keep saying it. This year is huge for the Rangers going forward. Whether they make the playoffs or not, individual efforts would really show how this Rangers – I want to say be. Tony D was a plus four. Who do you think is right? I think I, – I don't know. I don't know. JL, plus four, plus seven for Tony D. The – the Rangers have good defense going forward. That's the best part about this. Brendan Smith's not going to play. Uh, like, God forbid he plays. God forbid he's even on this on the sitting in the damn bleachers. I don't, I don't want Brendan Smith to touch New York Rangers ice this year. And if he does, Jeff Gordon knows what kind of predicament he's in. Okay, now. Plus, plus six. I, no, it's plus, no, it's plus six. Oh, okay, I, I said five or seven, so I think so I got right, it. Plus yeah. six, pretty good. So, goaltending, look, this is a three-headed monster, and the decision is not going to get easier if Georgiev and Shesterkin can keep playing. But you know what? I think it's going to be Lundqvist as the number one, as always. And I really think the game against the Islanders solidified Georgiev as the backup. He played extremely well in relief of Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. And as much as I would love to see the czar, that's no, not yet. It's not, it's not time. There's no reason to rush him. There's no reason to, yeah. no the reason to burn out that Hartford. first Don't ELC. burn it. Don't burn it. Let him start in Hartford. Let him dominate the American League, and his time will come. Shesterkin's time will be here, but let him dominate in the American Hockey League. Definitely, definitely. So there's your opening night lineup. That's who the Rangers are. No, keep going. Sorry. That's who the Rangers are probably going to run. Obviously, we're going to see the lineup in the next coming days to see if our predictions are correct. God, I really hope Vitaly Kravtsov makes the roster, but we will see. So this is an interesting question I wanted to pose you, Kevin. Yes. There's so many question marks going into this season for the New York Rangers. Of course. 
do you who do you think besides Capo Caco because that's an easy answer yeah who will which rookie will have the most standout campaign <sighs> that's a that's a tough choice only based off of who starts in the year uh, obviously I'm talking about Vitaly Kratzov of course but I, I I honestly think it'll be Adam Fox even if Vitaly Kratzov is here you know there's a reason why he almost became the Hobie Baker finalist there's well he was a finalist he wasn't the winner he didn't win he, yeah. he did in second place but you know, most points as a defenseman. You know, he went to Harvard. It's not an easy place to get into. Just, I mean, like, they don't just take players because they're good at hockey. They take players they're because smart they're too. smart on and off the ice. And it's just, you know, he we see how well he skates. His shot, his timing, his passing, you know, his movement, just everything. Like, just the, the best part about going to the game is you don't have to just focus on the puck carrier. You could focus on the small things they do outside of that. What do they do to getting open? How are they back-checking? What are they really doing to help the goaltender? And besides a few mistakes that I've seen in the other games, like, you know, just a bad pass here or there, I think this, this is the one issue that he had last night. He tried to clear the puck, but an Islander made a pretty good play to stop it, which that's just something he's going to learn with, with experience. It's just, hey, look, he's been way above what we've expected, which is fantastic, and there's no reason to say he's not going to be a driving force for this Rangers team. I think his success... More than Kratsov and more than Kako is going to really lead this team to a potential playoff push. It's interesting you say that because that brings me to my next question. Which player this season, I'm not saying for the duration of their deals, I'm not saying for the whole duration of their contracts, but which player this year means more to the Rangers' success? Jacob Truba or Artemi Panarin? Whew. Well, throwing out the the hard questions yeah, right now, Russ. Absolutely. See, that's a that's a very. It's hard to really answer that without having like a bias towards offensive defense. And now we know their defense has been lacking, so you can make a case. Look, Jacob Trouba is really here for the defense. He's even said it. Look, I'll only join in when I only see its fit. I'm not gonna sacrifice my defense for offense, which I love, you love, Ant loves, everybody loves. And, it's like, you know, that's just like the second coming of Dan Girardi, basically. And, you know, by the way, Dan Girardi, you know, everything you've done for the Rangers, you know, we can't thank you enough. It sucks that you got bought out. but It sucks know. the relationship ended the way it did. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad Kevin brought this up because, gee, we are forever ever thankful, man. The way you put your body on the line. He, all always. the stuff you did for this club. And Iron know, Man. That's who he was. Yeah. And, you know, everyone likes to harp on Girardi for all the mistakes he made you know, towards the end, but Girardi was a straight-up warrior. And people remember there was a time when Stahl Girardi was our absolute best defensive pairing, shutting people down, doing the heavy work on Ovechkin and Crosby and all these guys, yeah. and it nearly led them to a Stanley Cup. So I think I'm going to pose this question to you, Russell. Mm -hmm. Is it more important for Jacob Truba to adjust quickly because he hasn't been in this division before? Or is it more important for Artemi Panarin to be able to light up the division he's just been playing in. Okay, so this is my answer, right? Artemi Panarin has been relied on for the past two seasons to be the guy in Columbus. A play per game is not a mistake, you know. especially for the three years he's So been. Artemi Panarin knows how to play. He knows people are coming after him. He knows that he is going to be looked at as a top threat, especially on the Rangers where they're going to have threats, but a lot of those threats are developing. And still, Artemi Panarin had the best season of his career last year. Mm -hmm. now you're looking, so I think Artemi Panarin is not going to have an issue playing here or with in the division, anything like that. He's going to have a great year. I think Jacob Truba 
is going to have a test now that you are a number one defenseman. Yeah. You're being paid like a number one defenseman. You got traded for to be a number one defenseman. It is time to show us what you got and show us that that 50-point season last year was not a fluke. And Jacob Truba, this is to the whole defense. I just actually kind of wrote a piece on this this week, mostly regarding Tony D'Angelo. But all the defense better hope they start having good seasons because next year, Keandre Miller will probably get going for a roster spot. Nils Lundqvist will probably be shooting for a roster spot. A few years after that, Zach Jones will probably be shooting for a roster spot. Tarmer Uninen is still there trying to get a roster spot. Guys, the defense is a good strength that the Rangers have. Not to forget even Matthew Robertson as well. It is a strength in their pipeline, and guys got to start having good years or management will have no problem saying, all right, next man up. Yeah. Jacob Truba needs this to is, prove he the, can be the guy. This is what's good and bad with the depth that they have. Now, Jacob Truba, he's not going to go anywhere, but he's the guy that has to lead this defense now. You know, Tony D'Angelo took a step forward. Brady Shea is due for a bounce-back year. Mark Stahl, you know, if we get a good year out of him, and I'm not saying, like, amazing year, but Just if a we, year get, where we get a we positive don't... year out of him is is enough. But, you know, Adam Fox isn't going to be amazing the whole entire year. He's, he's got to get – he's yeah. 82 games for a season is very difficult. I know guys have tournaments. I know they have the playoffs. But a regular season is completely different if you're not taking breaks. To that point, uh, Rasmus Dahlin was interviewed a few weeks ago, the Buffalo Sabres defenseman, and he straight up told the reporter, he was like, yo, the last 20 games I was gassed. Yeah. These rookies are going to hit a wall. Kako might even – look, remember, they're kids, and we're relying a lot on them this year. But overall, this is still development. If the Rangers miss the playoffs, it's okay. It's it's not something that to worry about. They're still developing. And – you know, if they get close, that'll be awesome. If they get in in the wild card berth, that'll be really cool. But if they don't make it, remember, it's okay. So another question here to pose. This one will be back to Mr. Kevin. Well, I'm the only one here, so I would hope it's back to me. <laughs> How many points can you see Mika Zibanejad scoring this season? Well, we've talked about this, and I know we like to exaggerate a lot. And I don't want – I. <sighs> See, like this, like, I I want to be hopeful. I want to be optimistic about this. I really do. But... I, you can give your answer, then I will give mine for this. Okay, okay, okay. Fine. With the addition, with the assumption that Pavel Buchnevich and Artemi Panarin are going to be on the same line as Mika Zibanejad, and the fact that, that Panarin gets a point pretty much per game, and and the fact that Mika Zibanejad had his best season with seventy four points. I honestly could see him getting upwards of 85. Ooh, yeah. Upwards of 85, good. as in, if he gets 85, that seems like it would be normal, based off of the players he's playing with. Based off of the power play time, based off he's probably going to have time with Kako also during the year. The fact that Panarin is there always as a threat. Optimistically, you know, as high as we, we think he can go, I could see 92 to 94 points. But that's only if everything's firing on all cylinders. I that, think that, that's points... the year where Panarin is happy with his contract. Oh, yeah. Mika Zibanejad is hitting his stride and is the captain, by the way. He's going to finally get the C, and then it's like, that's it. I have no limits now. I am going to sh- lead by example. That's how he plays. He leads by example. He gets in deep. He shoots the puck. He passes the puck. And he's very smart about his decision-making. He's also great at face-offs. Zibanejad, by the way, underrated defense. Sorry, sorry to just kind of throw this off the side. 
the Rangers have been winning a lot more faceoffs during this preseason. That's something we is, both which, noticed last night. Which is night. fantastic. Yeah. The Rangers are normally on the side of you know 30% in the circle, 40% in the circle, maybe even 20 some nights. They were doing great last night, upwards of 500, 600, 700%. Um, you know, not percent, but you, you know what I mean, yeah. 700 in the circle. Um, so yeah, Zibanejad's a big part of that. I think Zibanejad. Clearly, 80 points will be within reach this year. He got 74 without a guy like Panarin on his wing last year. I think 80 is definitely within reach. I think the ceiling for Zibanejad, we're looking at 93, 94 points, like Kevin said. Maybe 95 if things shake out. I mean, you're playing with a superstar. You're going to play with another budding superstar in Kako on the power play. You're going to hope that Schnevich starts hitting that potential he's always had. 90 points is a possibility if things all go the way they should go. But I think we're more likely to do something like 85, 86 at the end of the year, which will be totally fine. Hey, hey, if he keeps improving, I'm happy with it. It's just – let me ask you this, and a little off topic. Do you think the Rangers are on a time limit Um, in the sense that they have all of these young players? Yeah. They have a lot of open contracts in the next couple years. Do you think that the Rangers, if they don't make the – let's say – let's just make an assumption they don't make the playoffs this year, which is expected. Do you think in the next two or three years that they could fall out of playoff contention? Do you think they need to take advantage of where they're at now? I think the Rangers are built for the long term here. I think that this is going to be a team when the players are in their peaks, they're going to be a contender for about four or five years. And I think they need which to... is which is fantastic. It's just you know you give out these big contracts to Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, and I'm I'm really driving this towards when Mika Zibanejad's contract is up. I think because he'll be resigned. It's going to be he expensive. He has three more years, which isn't a big deal, and that's going to be, you know, he's going to be here after the expansion, so it won't be that bad. It's just, you know, a lot of these young guys are going to want contracts, and based off of the way RFAs have kind of been trending, it kind of scares me a little bit. Where, you know, you have all of these younger guys, you have guys who know that they're good, and if they produce well right away, you're going to have to pay them right away. And you don't want to lose these guys. You don't want to see him playing better for a rival. You don't want to see him scoring goals and lifting the cup with somebody else. You want them to be here. Where, let's say in two years, yeah, they are cup contenders. Two, three years. Two, though, three years. Probably hit the peak. But after that, you know, you lose a good chunk of your players. But if you win and, one, and nothing against Jeff, nothing if, against Jeff Gordon's, you know, tactic. You might see clever trades here and there to kind of like, you know, let's trade one of the other guys and then get somebody back, or you know, the cap's always going to go up, so you never know. But if you win one, is it's it worth all it? It's worth, worth it's it. worth it. But then, like you're you're not here to build a one trick pony winner. It's no, like, you're here. That's what we've been seeing, though. You're here to try years. to do with the Blackhawks. You team. want a dynasty. Yeah, you want a dynasty. That's that's the main goal for any GM. And dynasty in in terms is you know three to four cups within fifteen years, maybe 10, 15 years. But now, ultimately, what you want and what the Rangers have been preaching since the build started. You want, a, you want a team that can consistently compete for the Stanley Cup. I would love if we could just do what the Blackhawks did, 3-5, and five, which is possible with the roster they're assembling. Quick, guy, quick guys on the back end, shoot guys. the puck up to the forwards. Yeah. Good, cheap, young forwards, with the exception of Artemi Panarin, of course, but you need those that other offensive force. You need force. the veteran force. And we talked about this yesterday. The reason Rick Nash didn't work out is because he didn't have playoff experience. I think that was the biggest issue for him. He was great during regular seasons, but when it came to crunch mode, he wasn't there. But Artemi Panarin, the way he played in the last playoffs, the way they swept the Lightning, he looked unstoppable. 
So that's what you need. You need a guy that could perform when you need him to perform. This is like, let's say the guy, you know, not not Artemi Panarin, let's say, I don't know, Ryan Strom or Vlad Nemestikov, one of these other guys, doesn't play really well during during the regular season. Plays well enough to stay on the team, obviously. But then they come in the playoffs and they start doing that secondary scoring. That's great, but you're not expecting it out of them. You're expecting it out of Artemi Panarin. You're expecting it out of Mika Zibanejad. And eventually you're going to expect, expect it out of Capocacco. And now we have these guys that we can actually say, look, if they score, we're happy. We we're have not, guys that you can throw out. We're not going to be surprised. Oh, man, Tanner Glass scored a goal. We have guys you can throw out now and say, break this game open. Yeah. And we this, haven't this, had that. You have a power play, and you want them to – you expect them to score the power play. That's what it is now. I'm expecting them to score the power Absolutely. play. It's not like, oh, maybe they'll shoot the puck once or twice. No, they're driving the net. They're making the defense double, uh, you know, double check and double guess and all this other stuff. They're making them be more compressed, which gets them better better results. It's a lot. And another thing to point out about the power play <laughs> is Kako was great at drawing defenders to him and opening lanes for people. But we'll dissect the power play more, and we see it during the regular season, of course. But it, the early returns are looking great. So one final question. Kevin can go first, and I'll answer. Where do the New York Rangers finish this season? That's an interesting question because nobody knows. <laughs> it's not like last year where it's like, oh, we're expecting them to finish bottom 10. Or the year before that, oh, we're expecting them to make the playoffs. This year really can span from bottom 10 to playoff contender based off of how the rookies play, how these veteran, new veterans really hit their strides, and how well the coaching is. And it's always the goaltending is a question mark. But realistically, I can see them fighting for a playoff spot. Wild card, maybe, depending on the rest of the Metropolitan Division, a Metropolitan Division spot. But, you know, the Penguins aren't as good as he, anymore. Nope, they are not. Do the Capitals have any gas left in the tank? Yeah, the Capitals are going to win the division. You know, the Devils time. look like they're probably at the same spot the Rangers are. The Islanders, they're a joke. Uh, the Canes look just as dominant as last year, even though they lost Justin Falk in that trade. It's just, it's a toss-up. It really can be. They could be the top seed in the Metropolitan Division, or they could be wild card number two. I think the Rangers are <laughs> going to be competitive the whole year. I think they're going to show a lot of spirit. I think the defense is going to come together. But I think it's all going to mesh a little too late. Yeah. I think that the Rangers will miss the playoffs by a few points. Uh, that's okay. This is a year of rebuilding. If they make the playoffs, great. But I don't see them making the playoffs this year. Uh, the Atlantic has gotten a lot better. And you could potentially see the Atlantic take five spots in the Metropolitan take three this year. Yeah. The Atlantic um, is a lot more... A lot, yeah, more competitive. A, lot more, a lot more jam-packed so, than we, we are. Unfortunately, I do see the Rangers missing the playoffs, but... Barely. I'll leave, barely, yes. But, which, which it, that's not a great thing. you rather them lose out. True, but I want them yeah. to be competitive. I want the rookies to get some good experience. I but still, remember, even if we don't make the playoffs, every team is entered into the lottery. Which yeah, means hey, we, yeah, you yeah, never know. Which, I'll leave everyone <laughs> with this. This is going to be... An, a really, really, in, like, this is going to be one of the most intriguing New York Rangers seasons we've seen in a long time. It could go really well. We could make the playoffs. We could end up getting another high pick. We're playing with house money this year. Whatever happens with the Rangers, sit back, enjoy the ride, and get used to seeing these rookies do what they do best, and that is going to be performing at a high level for the New York Rangers. It is going to come. The pain might be there for a little bit longer, Rangers fans. We might not see all the wins yet, but they are coming with all this talent arriving. 
And if we do happen to finish outside the playoffs, let's pray we get number two again because Mr. Quentin Byfield will look beautiful I mean, in blue you, next year. But we, we'll we talk about that. that we we got Kako time. in the first place. Yeah. You think we get it two two years in a row? I doubt that. No, the Devils got the first pick two in three years. Yeah, two in three years, but look, you know, look, we'd rather get it this year. A guy can dream, right? Always. We'll talk to you guys after the puck drops during the regular season, after the home opener against the Winnipeg Jets. Hopefully we start out with a nice win over Jacob Truba's former team. Let's go Rangers, everybody. Have a great week. This is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. The Raiders have moved to Las Vegas, but Raider Nation is worldwide. Hi, Silver and Black Maniacs. I'm Scott Goldbranson, host of Silver and Black Today, the first and only all-Raiders show from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. A-list guests like players and coaches, and the best Raiders talk in the land. Subscribe and listen today if you just want to win, baby. And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group.